this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Now, we're talking about the blood. Man, there's power in the blood. Some of you thought we'd gone back 50 years, didn't you, when we started singing tonight? Some of you young ones have never heard that song. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. You know, the Lord talks about the precious blood of the Lamb in, in 1 Peter 1, verses 18 and 19. That's what he says, that it's precious. So we're going to talk about the blood of Jesus. Now, you're turning to Ephesians 12. I mean Hebrews 12. I'm quoting Ephesians 2.13, and it says, We have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. We have the opportunity to draw near to Father God. Not because of my merits, not because of how good I've been, but by the blood of Jesus. So when we think about coming near Father God, the blood of Jesus is the only thing that qualifies us. Now, you've heard the last few weeks that you can come boldly or with confidence into the throne room of God by the blood of Jesus. So we've heard different things over and over and over and over, but I want you to know tonight that the blood of Jesus is what qualifies me. The blood of Jesus is how I enter in. And, and, and the blood of Jesus, guys, get this. The blood of Jesus is not like Santa Claus, okay? What do you mean Santa Claus? Well, with Santa Claus, you know what it is? You better be good. You better not be bad. Well, the blood of Jesus, it covers all of it, okay? The blood is not based on how good you've been or how bad you've been. The blood is when you begin to understand, I just got to come underneath the blood. The blood will qualify me. Here we are, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 12. Man, I am messed up. Tarkin started. Hebrews 12, verse 22. Let me get there. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. This is where God resides. The heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels. Now, that gives me a little insight of heaven. There's just not a few angels up there. It is innumerable. That's a bunch. And you know, when you study the scriptures, the scriptures are very clear that a third of the angels are fallen angels that have followed Lucifer or the devil. They were kicked out of heaven. But just because there was a third of them that followed him, you know what? There's two-thirds of them still left in the kingdom of God. And that's good news. God gives his angels charge over us. Put your angels on assignment. That's another sermon in itself. Verse 23. To the general assembly and to the church of the firstborn, which is Jesus, who are registered in heaven, who are citizens of heaven, to God, the judge of all to the spirits of just men, made perfect. Now, Jesus qualifies this, but every one of us in this room, we will never become completely perfect until we get to heaven. Oh, happy day when we get to heaven. Some of you wives, don't punt on your husband just yet. They'll be perfect one day. Verse 24. To Jesus, the mediator, the go-between, the agent of the new covenant, and to the blood of the sprinkling. Now, 
in the Old Testament that the priest would take the blood of a lamb or the goats and would literally sprinkle it just like that. So when he talks about this, that the blood of the sprinkling here, this is talking about that every one of us have the opportunity to come under the blood. Now listen real close to the words here in verse 24. To the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. So the blood here, it speaks of better things pertaining to mercy and forgiveness. So what does the blood of Abel speak? Well, the blood of Abel speaks vengeance or revenge. Avenge me. Now to really, really get into this a little bit more, we've got to go back and find out what all this about Abel actually means. But here, I want you to hold fast to what he said there, that that the blood of Jesus speaks better things. You want to know what the better things are? Go with me all the way back to the very first of the Bible, Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. So the blood of Jesus over every one of us. It speaks mercy. It speaks forgiveness when I learn how to come underneath the blood. Now that's one of the things we're going to learn tonight is how do I come underneath the blood of Jesus? Well, just hang in here with me and we'll find out. Genesis chapter 4. Let's begin in in verse number 1. Now, Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time, his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the first fruit of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Now we talked about this a few weeks ago. Why did he receive Abel's offering and he didn't receive Cain's? Well, if you'll note there, when he received Abel's offering, Abel brought the first fruit or the best. When it says about Cain, it said in the process of time, Cain brought an offering. So really in saying that, when Cain got around to it, He didn't give him his first fruit. He just gave him an offering. And because of it, it disrespected Father God. And so at the end of verse 5, he said, And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. Really what was going on here, Cain had an attitude in his heart that wasn't good. Verse 6. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you so angry? And why has your countenance fallen, or why are you sad and dejected? If you do well, or if you do right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not well, or if you do not do right, sin lies at the door. Now the New Living says this, that sin is like a demon that literally crouches at the door waiting to pounce on you. Why would sin be able to do that? Well, he gave us the, the, the nuggets right there. He said, if you choose to do what's right, it'll be well with you. But if you don't choose to do what's right, this is what's going to happen. So we read a little bit farther there in verse 7. Sin lies at the door, 
And sin's desire is for you. It's eager for you. It wants to control you, but you should rule over it. Now, just with that statement there, you should rule over sin, you know what that tells me? I don't have to be dominated by sin. And I don't have to be controlled by sin. But one of two things is going to happen here. Sin will either master me or I will master sin. Get something straight real quick here. You're not going to master sin on your own abilities. If we could have mastered sin on our own abilities, Jesus would have never need to come, right? And so the way I learned to master sin is through Jesus. And one of those avenues is the blood of the Lamb. I've been washed by the blood. Keep reading, verse 8. Now Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and he killed him. When it said that Cain talked with his brother, he was convincing him to go to the field. And so what ultimately happened when Cain killed Abel it was premeditated. This was his desire. Cain had no desire to repent. Cain's sole motive was that of revenge. Now, this is the first act of murder in the Bible or human blood being shed. One thing I want to point out to you is this, that it was very clear in Genesis 4.1 that Adam and Eve had this first son named Cain. And ultimately, they had the second son named Abel. And remember right here, Cain kills Abel. So what I'm showing you here is the progression of sin. Adam and then Cain. It did not take very long for the nature of sin to really start progressing in mankind. And so when you look at this, sin is very, uh, very similar to that of an avalanche. Man, it'll just start wiping you out. And remember a few weeks ago I called it sinalanche. That it'll just get out of control. And you see that from the very point of Adam and Eve to the next generation of his own children, sin had really advanced. It's still advancing. Good news though, keep reading. Verse 9. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel your brother? Now, God knew where, where Abel was. But when he asked him this, he was just giving uh, Cain the opportunity to repent and get right. But he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And so you see here, even after Cain killed him, his stinking heart was hard. It didn't bother him a bit for what he did. Verse 10. And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. The voice of your brother's blood. So you know what this tells me right here? The blood of human beings speaks. 
And when God heard the blood of Abel crying out from the ground, God took notice. And right here, he was saying, vengeance, revenge. And so Abel's blood literally came up before the judge of the whole universe is what this is actually talking about. And what I want you to see here is that phrase, his blood speaks. Remember Leviticus 17, 11, it says life is in the blood. Go with me to Jeremiah chapter 12. Jeremiah chapter 12. As you're turning there, the blood of Jesus says mercy. The blood of Jesus says forgiveness. But the blood of men says vengeance. Get even. Now here in Jeremiah chapter 12, Jeremiah was a man of God. And the nation of Israel is in disarray. It is a royal mess. And here Jeremiah, the man of God, he doesn't question God, but he asks God some questions here. Jeremiah 12, verse 1. Righteous, uncompromising, and just are you, O Lord, when I plead with you, when I complain to you or I contend with you. Now, I want to get over on that word plead. It's a big thing with where we're going tonight. But the New Living says right here, you always give me justice when I bring a case before you. The Amplified says that when I plead my case, so really what Jeremiah was doing, he was going before Father God, the judge of the world, and he was pleading his case before God. Keep reading. Yet let me talk or plead with you about your judgments. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Now, Jeremiah is saying this to God. God, why does the way of the wicked prosper? In other words, God, why don't you take any action against them? Keep reading. Why are those happy who deal so treacherously? You have planted them. Yes, they have taken root. They grow. Yes, they bear fruit. You are near in their mouth, but far from their mind. And so the wicked that Jeremiah is talking about right here, their allegiance to God is nothing more than lip surface. Now you've got to be pretty bold to go in and start asking God these questions. But God respected them. And God ultimately, he answers his question. And even the answer he gives Jeremiah, he tells him, it's going to get worse before it gets better. But I want to go back to the word plead here. Because many times when we use the word plead, it's used as a beggar's term. In other words, I plead for you for money. I plead to you for help. I plead to you for, for need or want. But when you look up the word plead, it is, it is really a legal word. That we plead like in a, in a court of law against charges, against indictments, or against accusations. Now where I'm going with this is you're going to see what, what, where we're headed because many times the old timers would say this, I plead the blood of Jesus. 
I plead the blood of Jesus. I want to highlight that tonight because this is going to be significant in every one of our lives. This is one of the ways we come under the blood of Jesus. To understand this in depth, go with me to Revelations 12. Revelations chapter 12. The word plead itself means to appeal earnestly. The word plead means to make petition. So we're going to Revelations 12. And here's what I want you to to really think about. We're going into a court of law today. Father God is the judge of every one of us. Jesus is our advocate or our attorney, our lawyer. And every one of us in this room are on trial. I want you to think about this. You're on trial tonight. Revelations 12, verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now, salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ have come for. You see that right there? For. So I rewind. Why has salvation, why has strength, why has the power of Christ come? He said, for. For what? Listen real close. The accuser of our brethren. The accuser of brothers and sisters in Christ. The accusers of one's who are born again, who has accused them, brethren, before our God day and night. Who's the accuser of the brethren? The devil is. So here we are in the court of law, and me and you are on trial. And the devil comes strolling in. And he starts making indictments against you. And he starts making accusations against you. And he brings up charges against you and me. And you know what he says to Father God? They've sinned. They've lied. They've done this and they've done that and they've done this and they've done that. And it says day and night, this is what he does. Over and over and over and over. So I'm sitting in the courtroom of law here, and I hear all the devil's accusations and charges against me. And when he starts yakking and saying all that, one of the problems we run into as human beings is when we start listening to them, and you know what we say? I've done it. I've done it, I've done it, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. And I'm not saying that we don't deny what we've done. But there's more to this in the courtroom of law. But what happens is when we listen to his accusations over and over, there becomes a guilt and a, and a shame upon us. How many of you have ever lived with guilt and shame and you thought, man, I'm sorry, golly, I've blown it, I've missed it. And so what normally happens with human beings is when the devil makes these accusations or charges against us and we begin to listen to them, we get the thought of this. 
The only way I can get back right with God is through my own behaviors. I got to start doing this right. I got to do, and, and you may have never been there. I've been here before where I've thought, I read the Bible three times this week. Some brownie points with the Lord. I've gone to church. I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. And so what I'm basing my, my, my heart on now is me, my good conduct. But the Bible's very clear. It says, do not put no, no, no faith in your flesh. So you're never going to get right through your acts of good or bad. So what do we do to shut up the devil? Verse 11. We're still in the court of law. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. What is one of the places you give a testimony? Court of law. And so it tells me right here, they, who's they? The brethren, me of you. He said they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Now I can't find anywhere else in Scripture that we can overcome him in any way except by the blood of the Lamb. So what begins to go on here is we stand before the great God of all the universe, Father God. And He hears the devil accusing you of all these charges. And God looks at you and me and He said, How do you plead against all these charges? How do you plead? And many people will say, I'm guilty as charged. That's who I am. Or, you can look at Father God and say, because I'm born again, Jesus is Lord of my life, your honor. I take my righteous place through Christ Jesus and I plead the blood. I plead the blood. And you know what the devil does? He starts yakking and he says, Objection, 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 your honor. I appeal it. And Father God looks at our lawyer, the advocate, and he says, Let me see the evidence. And Jesus shows him the precious blood of the Lamb. His blood. And you know what Father God says? That satisfies all charges. I declare you innocent. What is the word of my testimony? Part of my testimony is this. I come under the blood of Jesus. I don't plead my own case. I plead the blood of the Lamb. And the blood is what I do to start with, and the blood is what I continue to do. Day after day, day after day. And so literally, the, the Lord declares us innocent because of Jesus' blood. For no other reason. And so get off the kick of thinking, you're going to become righteous because you're axed. So what do we got to do, pastor? Plead the blood. Plead the blood on a daily basis. It isn't where I come in here and say, Father God, I went to church today. 
Father God, I went the whole day without cussing. Oh, no, no, no. That doesn't mean nothing in the court of law. The accuser of the brethren is going to come day by day by day by day. But I must continue to plead the blood. Keep pleading the blood of the Lamb. That's what our inheritance is. This was to, to declare the ultimate victory because of Jesus' sacrifice. So I believe right here biblically even what Jeremiah did. He pleaded with God. Well, you know what we do? We don't have to plead with God. We just plead the blood. And I can draw near to God because of the blood of the Lamb. Keep reading here. So he said, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Verse 12. Therefore rejoice or be glad, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, anger, fury. Now listen to this. Because he knows that he has a short time. What does that mean? The devil knows that his time of causing havoc in our lives, and he knows that he has a short time before he gets cast into the pit of hell for eternity. So what the devil does, it says he's mad. He's angry. He's with a fury. And so evil is going to increase more and more. The things of the devil are going to intensify more and more. And so he's going to accuse more and more and more and more. So understand this. Go to court every day. Let him take me to court every day. And every day, you know what my answer is? I plead, not the fifth, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. This has got to become a pattern in our life. And when things get bad, plead the blood. Speak the blood. Now, how do all that look? i got one more place i got to take you tonight. Go to 1 John. You're real close, right there back to your left. 1 John chapter 1. And, and I want you to see biblically how the blood works and how you can apply it. You don't have to have a priest. You can do it. Learn to come underneath. Plead the blood. Wear that blood out. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as Jesus is in the light, and we have fellowship one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. The only answer for you and you and you and you and you and you and you for sin is the blood of Jesus. I said last week, the blood of Jesus is only the stain stick for sin. That's it. That's it. Keep reading. Verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So if you go around and say, man, I've never sinned. I don't sin. He says, you're a liar. Verse 9. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And so this is part of the issue here. That as a believer, one of the ways I stay under the blood is when I, I sin and I get over and I do things that I know in my heart I shouldn't, that I take responsibility for my actions. I don't try to blame someone else. I say, Father God, 
I did this today. I confess my sin to you. And what did he say would happen? He said, number one, I'll forgive you. Now, I've had many people say, when I do that, I don't feel like he's forgiven me. Listen, darling, you're probably never going to feel like it. I don't receive the things of God by feelings. I just do it by faith. And if the Bible says this, then you know what? I'm just going to believe it. And so when I confess my sins, I say, Father God, I thank you that you've forgiven me. And the Bible's very clear that when God forgives us, He throws them into the sea of forgetfulness. So if God forgives our sins, we better forgive ourselves too and let them go. Quit being eaten up with shame and guilt. And you may say, well, that's easy for you to do. Oh, i got a page of sin in my life, but it's been forgiven. Now look at the last thing in verse 9. And he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The only way I get cleansed from all unrighteousness is when I plead the blood of the Lamb. Woo, Lord Jesus, I thank you today. Not only has your blood for the remission of my sins and it's removed sin from my life, but I thank you your blood is cleansing me right now. How does that look, Pastor? I tell you, but there's day after day after day that this is what I will say. Lord Jesus, today, remember the blood speaks. Today, I speak the blood of Jesus. Lord Jesus, I speak your blood over my eyes today. I speak your blood over my tongue today. I speak your blood over my thought life today. Even more so, I speak the blood of the Lamb over my heart today. And it's very easy to start saying, I plead the blood. I plead the blood over my spirit, my soul, my body. I plead the blood over my thought lines. I plead the blood over my actions. So you know what you've done today? You've come under the blood of the Lamb. And you are saying this. I trust the blood for my problems of my mouth. I trust the blood for the thoughts. I trust the blood in my heart. And oh, you're going to tap into some victory when you start doing it. Do it on a daily basis. Do it on, I'm telling you, there's a young man here last week, and he said, man, I've never heard stuff like that. And I said, I'm going to tell you what you've got to learn. The very first things that you start saying when your foot hits the, 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 the floor, when you get up tomorrow morning, good morning, Father God. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And when you make that beeline to the bathroom, like you will when you're in your 50s, you'll go straight there. You start pleading the blood. Woo, I come under the blood today. And when I stroll out front to get the newspaper, let my little dog out, I start speaking the blood. And when I drive to work, I start speaking the blood. And I just get consumed with it. But understand this, he's going to accuse you day after day after day. And when the devil starts yakking in your ear and trying to tell you how sorry you are, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. You know why? There's power in the blood. There's wonder-working power in the blood. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.